They left the aqueduct two hours before dawn, climbing by moonlight into the hills overlooking the port, six men in single file, the engineer leading. He had turfed them out of their beds himself, all stiff limbs and sullen, bleary faces, and now he could hear them complaining about him behind his back, their voices carrying louder than they realized in the warm, still air. A fool's errand, somebody muttered. Boys should stick to their books, said another. He lengthened his stride. Let them prattle, he thought. Already he could feel the heat of the morning beginning to build, the promise of another day without rain. He was younger than most of his work gang and shorter than any of them. A compact, muscled figure with cropped brown hair. The shafts of the tools he carried slung across his shoulder, a heavy, bronze-headed axe and a wooden shovel, chafed against his sunburnt neck. Still, he forced himself to stretch his bare legs as far as they would reach, mounting swiftly from foothold to foothold. And only when he was high above Mycenaeum, at a place where the track forked, did he set down his burdens and wait for the others to catch up. He wiped the sweat from his eyes on the sleeve of his tunic. Such shimmering, feverish heavens they had here in the south. Even this close to daybreak, a great hemisphere of stars swept down to the horizon. He could see the horns of Taurus and the belt and sword of the hunter. There was Saturn and also the bear and the constellation they called the Vintager, which always rose for Caesar on the 22nd day of August, following the festival of Venalia, and signalled that it was time to harvest the wine. Tomorrow night the moon would be full. He raised his hand to the sky, his blunt-tipped fingers black and sharp against the glittering constellations, spread them, clenched them, spread them again, and for a moment it seemed to him that he was the shadow, the nothing, the light was the substance. From down in the harbour came the splash of oars as the night watch rode between the moored triremes. The yellow lanterns of a couple of fishing boats winked across the bay. A dog barked and another answered. And then the voices of the labourers slowly climbing the path beneath him, the harsh local accent of Korax, the overseer. Look, our new Aquarius is waving at the stars. And of the slaves and the freemen, equals for once in their resentment, if nothing else, panting for breath and sniggering. The engineer dropped his hand. At least, he said, with such a sky we have no need of torches. Suddenly he was vigorous again, stooping to collect his tools, hoisting them back onto his shoulder. We must keep moving. He frowned into the darkness. One path would take them westward, skirting the edge of the naval base. The other led north, toward the seaside resort of Baye. I think this is where we turn. He thinks, sneered Korax. The engineer had decided the previous day that the best way to treat the overseer was to ignore him. 